0: This is the Lotus Bloom Podcast, and here's your host, Morgan Wiley. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to my show. I'm Morgan Wiley, and this is the Lotus Bloom Podcast. And today, I'm so excited, and if I'm honest, I'm pretty nervous. But today, I get to share with you an interview I had with a very good friend of mine. She's a writer, an artist, a blogger, a podcaster, a teacher, and most importantly, she is my friend. Her name is Callie Ross, and she's going to share her creative journey and some fantastic writing tips, and also some great insights into how we as creatives get through those blah moments that we all have. So, without further ado, please enjoy this interview with my friend, Callie Ross. Okay, well, for our listeners, would you mind taking a a minute and just tell us your creative history and um, just kind of a progression of where you started and where you are now?
1: Sure. Um, right around the age of 30, I put together a bucket list. And one of those things on the list was to finish a book, you know, finish one of the stories I'd thought of. And then another one was to start a podcast and and put it up on iTunes and see what would happen. Uh, and, then, and then a third one was even to create a website. So I kind of uh, put the book idea and writing that book aside to kind of focus on getting back into graphic design, but then also playing with this idea of putting together a podcast. And so my sister and I actually started a book podcast where we read books. I'm a reader. My sister is not. And we talked about what we liked and what we didn't like. A lot of times my sister did not finish the book, but, um, (laughs) but we, we, uh, read the Twilight series, and a lot of the listeners that we gained were really infatuated with that series. So we just kept talking about it. Um, and eventually, the podcast uh, grew to the extent that we were invited to a couple of events r- r- in regard to the movie, and uh, it, it just exploded. Of course, that fan base is still alive and well, but definitely not as active as it used to be. So uh, after the movies were all released, we um, kind of archived all of those podcasts. They're still around somewhere, but, um, but yeah, we stopped doing that. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to cross another thing off of my bucket list. And so I decided to pick up one of the book ideas I had. And it really was my husband that was like, you need to do something like you need something else to do other than um, sit and have coffee and read books, like do something new. And so I decided to write a book and, um, and you know, honestly, we we had a big life change. We moved a couple of states away from my family, and uh, and and it worked out because I had the time, which sounds crazy, uh, but I was helping get my get my family acclimated essentially uh, where we moved, and then in those like vacant moments when I w- the kids were at school or my husband was at work, and, and I wasn't teaching at the time. Uh, I, I just started jotting down more ideas and and I finished the first novel. And so since then, um, I've written a couple of books and several novellas and, um, I'm still teaching now and I'm still doing graphic design every now and then for, for different things. And, um, and I've recently taken a break, but still plan to finish a series that I started, a couple of years ago and and it's something that I think I'll always do it just it depends on deadlines and life and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where where I've come from and where I am and where I'm going. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. What was the time frame that you did the Twilight series theories? Was that over yeah. a couple of years or
1: Actually, yes. Um from the time that the I, I want to say from the time that the last book was being released and maybe even the second to last book, uh, we were doing the, the podcast and as the movies came out and it was really a snowball effect at how Mm -hmm. everything became popular because we actually uh, were allowed to come onto the set. I was on set for the first movie and, Mm -hmm. um, my sister was on set for the second movie. Uh, And and with all of that, um, in each movie release, it just got bigger and bigger. So, gosh, I mean, I want to say it was a good solid four to five years that we were working on that.
0: Wow, that's great. Yeah, it was fun. Was it, I mean, was it glamorous? You got to do the red carpet and do all (laughs) the, all the interviews and
1: yeah, I I will say um, a lot of the stuff like going um, on set or going to the you know, premieres, even going to comic con a couple of times, it was Mm -hmm. amazing. And, and really honest, honestly surreal. Like I, it was looking back, I'll see a picture on Facebook that comes up on my memories and, and I think, Oh my gosh, that happened, you know, like that happened (laughs) seven years ago or whatever it is. And, uh, and, but at the same time, along with the The podcast, there was a lot of work that went into that, you know, mm-hmm. staying on top of what people were talking about, um, editing the podcast, uh, even not necessarily promoting, but keeping up with comments and, mm-hmm. uh, and interactions and forums that, that we had that were tied to our website. We became really great friends with some of the other popular websites and forums and even podcasts. So, uh, so keeping up relationships, it really was time consuming, uh, but in a really great way. If that makes any sense.
0: Oh sure. Oh, what a what a <laughs> cool experience. Yeah. So you were you were big in the podcast world before podcasts were even really a big thing.
1: Yeah, you know it's it's funny. Um, I didn't even know it like at the time. If that makes. Mm -hmm. And I, it, it, Now looking back, I think, oh well, I should have done this, or I should have done that, or I should have kept doing this, or kept doing that. And and it wasn't something that uh, we really profited from. We everything that we ever made for advertisements or whatever, it all went back into getting us to places, uh, whether it was Comic Con or premiere or whatever. And so, uh, so it's funny how looking back, if I had had the business sense. It might have been something different, um, but at the same time, creatively, it really was right up my sister and I's alley as far as just picking apart characters and picking apart storylines. And um, and I think that if we had tried to do anything more with it or outside of the realm of, of Twilight or paranormal novels or even some of the classic novels that are paralleled with Twilight novels, which... Uh, which is a whole other set of podcasts that we did. Um, I think that it wouldn't have been as effective. We were just good and fun uh, with the with the idea that we had, and we really weren't trying to do anything more. And so, mm-hmm. so when it comes to it being something. Then I think the reason that we don't really consider it being a big deal is because at the time, we were just having fun. You know, we were just talking about a book that we loved and characters we loved, and then we'd disagree on who they cast for said characters. And, <laughs> and I think people were just entertained by all that.
0: Well, and I think that's how so many creative endeavors that we dive into is because we are having fun and we love doing mm-hmm. it. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and it kind of progresses from there into whatever it might become. And it may only be something for a season or right. just for for that specific um, event or whatever it might be. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's a really cool point to be able to transition out of one one thing into another which mm-hmm. I think is probably a good segue into your writing career full disclosure for anyone listening is that uh, Callie and I have been friends for several years now we actually yeah. met at a writing <laughs> conference and so we have been friends oh, uh what five six seven
1: years eight, year, eight no. years Morgan. eight yes, really yes yes uh, it was on my time hop like I'm not even kidding oh like, I mean, wow I'm floored at how old I am. Like every day I look at memories and I think, that can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
0: That time goes so fast. It does. That's crazy. Okay. Eight years. Well, that's even better. We've been friends a long time. Yes. So one thing about Callie is I know she likes to have fun and play games. So we're going to play a little game. I love it. Okay. So we're going to play lightning round. And it will just be um, a few questions where I'm going to ask you um, a a this or that type question. And you Uh tell me the first thing that pops into your head. Um, Okay. This is totally random and has no meaning at all, but just might be fun. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm sure it will be.
0: Okay. So silver or gold? Gold. Salsa or guacamole?
1: Guacamole. Every time.
0: (laughs) Fantasy or mystery?
1: Fantasy. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Come on now. That's not even a question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. This might be a hard one.
1: Roswell or Doctor Who? Doctor Who. I would have said Roswell in high school because that's when the <laughs> original TV show started and I was obsessed. I'm not even joking. Yes. Obsessed. Okay. All
0: about the old one. Uh, not the new one. At least no, not. Yeah. You know. <laughs> no. It's got to be the old one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Chocolate or peanut butter?
1: Both together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, dog or cat? Dog. Day or night? Night. DC Comics or Marvel?
1: Ooh. Okay. Since you said comics, oh. I'm going to go DC. am going to go DC, but that's just because okay. I'm obsessed with Wonder Woman. Like I still have <laughs> a, like one of those 10 lunchbox from when I was in elementary school
0: oh very nice yeah. okay last question mm-hmm. mixing a little bit of your past with your present okay Edward Cullen or Andel Lambrose
1: oh I'm gonna go <laughs> Andel because Andel Lambros is like over 300 years old and very wise and considered an angel. So, um, <laughs> as much as Edward is sparkly, I think Andal being able to poof from one place to another is way better.
0: <laughs> okay. So tell, tell the audience who is Andel.
1: Um, so Angel is actually a Cupid, but in my fantasy world that I created for the Cupid Chronicles, um, essentially if you give your life when you're living, um, for someone you love. So for instance, maybe you have, um, an epic love that is about to walk in front of a train and you push them out of the way and you die in their place. Uh, mm-hmm. the heavens would in this world or universe declare you worthy to become a Cupid. And so Andal is someone that had has had that epic love and given up his life for it. And for three hundred years he has been giving love or really solidifying it and fighting for it for couples on earth as a Cupid, kind of a warrior angel of love, essentially.
0: Oh, I love it. I get chills in yeah. my arms. No, it's it's great. And I, I love him too. I've read them, of okay. course. And I'm waiting for more. Yes, that's what I'm working on next. That's the plan. <laughs> okay. So in light of your writing, how mm-hmm. did your your past endeavors with the podcast, with your blogging, how did that lead to your writing or... And I know you've mentioned you, you did some writing all along, mm-hmm. um, growing yeah. up, but, but did that really kind of, did that set the stage for it? Did it, um, did it impact it in any way or was it just kind of a, a totally separate thing?
1: Well, I think when I was doing book reviews and podcasting and blogging, I think seeing the market for, uh, young adult readers and, and honestly, in the Twilight World there were as many, if not more, adult readers reading mm-hmm. a young adult novel. But I kind of saw some hope for some of the stories I had thought up and that, oh, you know, like there might be teenagers that love these characters because I see teenagers loving characters, uh, like Katniss Everdeen or mm-hmm. um or 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 uh any of the the series that were so popular and still are popular, uh, whether it's Hunger Games, Twilight series, uh, or or I'm trying to think like right you now my head just went blank, but there's so many um, Percy Jackson, mm-hmm. all of that, and so uh, so it kind of gave me hope and and it made me think well if I write it maybe some kid will read it and I've I've always been about. Making sure that there's a purpose behind what I'm doing, whether it's podcasting, whether it's reviewing a book, I, I want there to be some meat to it. And so when I'm writing, I, I really the reason I'm writing is because I if there's one kid that reads it and finds some hope or or is encouraged by the story, like that's that's what I want. And so I think that while um, while I was encouraged seeing so many popular series come to light I-, I thought that maybe I'd encourage other kids and so that's that's kind of where I think that that it came from mm-hmm. uh, but I also think that I, I have a I have a 90,000 word book that's sitting on my computer that no one's read before I think that it just depends on what the story is and what what time of my life I feel comfortable putting it out there. Um, Like we'd mentioned earlier, there's a season for everything. And as a creator or as, whether it's writing or art or or music, whoever is listening, sometimes there are things that we are called to create, but it's not that we're called to reveal it to everyone. It might be just something that's therapeutic for ourselves. Um, I honestly feel like that the stories I write, while I write them for other people and hope that it sparks uh, life in them, I also know that it's something that is working itself out in me. And, um, and sometimes those stories are stories I'm meant to share and sometimes they're not, uh, but it might be that I'm supposed to share it later in life or never at all. And so I think it's just kind of being aware and giving yourself, yourself permission as a creator, to create something and it not be about everybody else. Or like we talked about earlier, sometimes it's giving yourself permission to create something and tell yourself, okay, I'm done with this. And now I'm going to go create something else. Um, I think a lot of people, um, they identify themselves or label themselves. And they think they have to stick with that label for the rest of their life, whether it's author, whether that's artist or teacher or accountant. And so, I think just as as a person we go through so many things in life that we have to give ourselves permission to just step out of that season and move into a new one and not worry about everyone else's expectations or or even opinions and we have to do what what we need to do if that makes any sense at all.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I <laughs> I'm so glad you said all that cuz that's just it's what it is and it's I mm-hmm. fully believe that. Like you said, it's we create for ourselves, we create for others, but we create because that's in us to do. And yeah. we, if we don't, then we're not being true to who we are, whether people out there see it or not. Like you said, there are some things that are just for us. It might be, um, might be a healing moment, or right. just uh, just to be able to express ourselves in different ways. My husband and I were even talking about this tonight, um, because I'm also a writer, and I have things that books that I want to finish and series that I'm going to finish, but I also have things, other things I want to do too. Now it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I am going to stop writing. That will always be a part of me. But right. I feel like there there is other desires and other things stirring in me that that need an expression, and I'm mm-hmm. looking to find what that might be now., yeah. I don't know if I will be, you know, a podcaster down the road, but I wanted to try it because it's in me to create something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just us being faithful to that and seeing where it goes. exactly. So how does how does your writing and and you're a creative person in general? So I know that you do more than write. So how does that and maybe this is a two part question? How does that play a part in your day to day life? Okay. Or does your life play more into what you create?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, does that I make sense? I will yeah it does. I will say that um, I have seasons that feel dry creatively. Mm-hmm. And typically in, in the past, and, and I say in the past, probably like I'm 41 now, so I would say pre-age 35, I would have thought that my lack of creativity or quote unquote, or my dry spell was because I didn't have anything inside of me. Like I was, I was going through a blah season. I've learned that the reason I have those seasons is because I'm not putting pen to paper or I'm not putting paintbrush to canvas. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not spending time uh, brainstorming or voicing things out loud with, with other creatives. And so I've, I've learned that creativity sparks creativity. I've mm-hmm. learned that that when when I start writing the word move, like a hundred times. Let's say that I get in a journal and I start writing the word move and, and I just write it over and over again. At some point my brain is there's something that's going to happen that is going to move me into a conversation with myself, and and then that's when the ideas will start flowing. I feel like that a lot of times we have this world that that tells us that we should, if we don't feel creative, creative just to put a filter over it, or or um, or even like I teach. I have so many kids that plagiarize, you know, that that I'm like. You're gonna get a zero, but come on, let's let's have some original thought. And you can't get there until you start to think. I feel the same way creatively; like you can't feel that until you do something. Uh, it, you're not oh. gonna wake up and just feel creative one day without actually using your brain. And um, and and I hate to say it, but. A lot of what we see on TV, a lot of what we read, a lot of what's in front of us on a screen is not necessarily creativity because it's just the same thing over and over again. Uh, whether that's scrolling through Instagram or binge watching a TV show, it's just boom, boom, boom in front of your face. And you it's almost like putting you into a hypnotic trance. So, so for me, it's the daily part of my cre- creative walk is spending time every day without a screen, um, with a piece of paper or a canvas. And even if it's something that turns out awful and I knew I never use it again, I at least am getting it out of my system, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's something that I'm working through to get to where I need to be creatively to write something that I'm going to keep and use or to paint something that I'm going to hang up on the wall or, or give somebody. But I feel like that uh, when I first started this process, uh, there wasn't as much action. And I blame uh, those, those moments of, of feeling blah or not feeling motivated um, on the fact that, well, I'm just not creative today or I'm just not creative enough. And it's not true. It really is just a lack of action.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you said that. That is just so good and so true. (laughs) I was talking to my 10-year-old daughter today even about creativity and how when you are I call it being in the zone and just being creative and say I'm writing. I keep being hit with all these other ideas mm-hmm. and new things and I call them shinies. You know, they just kinda of fly yes. by and hit me and because when I'm being creative, it's like a beacon to yeah. all the cre- like like ooh she's being creative go Uh go go (laughs) and (laughs) I think and when we're stagnant and not doing anything like you said those dry spells I was trying to encourage her to just start writing down anything anything it didn't have to make sense no matter what it was just to get it flowing and then all of a sudden she would kind of click into it and start writing a story and I even shamed myself because she starts she's probably got 300 stories started (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and she keeps getting new ideas. And, and I, I was like, well, no, just focus on one and finish it. And uh-huh. I do think that at some point there is, that's an important thing to learn how to finish something.
1: But Absolutely. But
0: I was like, she is finding her voice in it and learning how to just let it flow. And I think that's what so many of us dampen in ourselves. Mm-hmm absolutely because yeah for whatever reason it might be so i think you're right it's the creativity sparks creativity and it, it's mm-hmm. it's like a muscle it has to just keep being used mm-hmm. to grow and to get stronger and so hopefully those dry spells don't last as long each time because you your brain's like oh this is what we're doing we sit down now we're writing now we have ideas Mm -hmm. now we're writing a song we're making music we're drawing pictures whatever it is right that I think that comes more quickly it does it really does what do you do that to kickstart your brain other than like you know, you said you write the words over and over, and you're just kind mm-hmm. of telling your brain it's time to it's time to move. I I guess I'm asking this question knowing knowing a, back, a background about you, but yes. what okay. what are some things that kind of kickstart your creativity when you're maybe specifically when you're writing or yeah. um, you know, because I know you're a teacher, maybe even mm-hmm. is tricks or tips that you use with your students. Um, sure. Well, um,
1: so when it comes to my own just, just storytelling and the way that I work, I'm a very, I'm a very loud advocate <laughs> of planning. I know there are a lot of panthers out there, and for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what I'm talking about, um, there are people that just can sit in front of a computer and not have a plan, and they just start writing a story. I am not that person. I am a planner through and through. So for me, I love to do outlining. I'll do a book outline. I'll do a chapter-by-chapter chapter outline. I even outline backwards, which may sound crazy, but it works. <laughs> and um, and so for me, note cards, post-its, all of those things are my friend. Um, I tend to make lookbooks, which essentially are sketchbooks that I go in and I do uh, really, it's, it's a sketch or I will sometimes just go to Pinterest and find like a model or someone that looks like each character and I do a biography on those characters mm-hmm. and I keep them all together for each story. And then whenever I'm writing, I, I, sometimes I just have to go and read a couple of those biographies to get in the brain or into the, to the thought process of those characters before I start writing. That's a, that's a huge help, especially when you're in the middle of a story and feeling kind of dry. Um, I also like to, with my students especially, uh, teaching some of the writing exercises I've done, are things as simple as uh, trying to write a scene with one specific emotion without a character saying that word. So so for instance, let's say angry. Uh, I'll, I'll have students write a scene, but the characters cannot say they're angry in the scene. They have to use synonyms. They have to uh, describe the, the facial expressions of the characters. And um, and they even get to create whatever it is in their mind that made that character angry. So, so sometimes it's stepping outside of your story that you're currently writing, and you take your character that that maybe you love so much and put them in another place, feeling something different so that you can kind of spark ideas, uh, going back to your story. Um, uh, as far as anything outside of that, when it comes to artwork, um, whether it's painting or sketching, I, uh, I'm inspired a lot by scripture, but I'll also say that I love, um, doing chalkboard art too. And sometimes it's just a season or a funny quote that I hear or read in a book. And sometimes it's just uh, taking those things and putting a picture in my mind on canvas of, of what that quote means. So, um, So, you know, I've done a couple of different things as far as painting owls or painting flowers. You know, it just depends on how I'm feeling that day, but I try to paint emotions. I try to write out scenes about emotion because there's something about being an artist that we tend to feel a lot more than other people, I think, and actually getting those feelings out on paper or on canvas or in a sketchbook, I think that helps us uh, clear up any Uh, foggy or even, um, kind of bumpy processes that we have if we feel stuck or even, uh, I've had times when I felt like my writing felt choppy and, and I really feel like it's because I wasn't ready to really write what I was writing because I hadn't Mm. fully felt everything that that character needed to feel. And, um, and so a lot of those things that I do, um, tend to help, Clear up those those scenes and clear up those days uh, when I feel like my fingers have molasses all over them while I'm typing. You know, like you, it's just like I can't get it out. The words feel sticky. Um, Mm. And so, so when I do some of that, uh, whether it's just in a journal or even if it's just on a piece of paper that I'm going to throw away, like I'm never going to see it again, uh, kind of fleshing some of that stuff out and giving my myself permission to step away from the story for a day or two. That it speaks volumes into the stories I end up writing. And it's amazing how that, uh, I, my husband calls it a 30,000-foot view, kind of like when you're in an airplane looking down on a city versus in the city, trying to mm. look and find your way through it. Um, I think just getting that 30,000-foot view, uh, foot view um, or perspective really does help you see the layout of the land, like the layout of the story. And and it helps you write a better story. I
0: agree. I like that. That's a good, good perspective. I was remembering a, a late night writing session that we had and with another uh, friend of ours. And, yeah. and, <laughs> and oh, Callie, I love you. You're such a teacher and so inspirational, but a little intense <laughs> for me. <laughs> so, sometimes, sometimes. Uh, I remember. So she came all prepared. And you had note cards and we were going to do like a, a Kickstarter, like to, like writing um, exercises to kind of get us going and getting in the writing mood. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: and so we had note cards and you had questions lined up and we had to answer them as <laughs> if being one of our characters and uh-huh. how they would answer it or what they would do in that situation. It's such a good exercise, but I don't think that way. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, no, it's okay. I'm a weirdo, no, Morgan. No, it's,
0: but it's so <laughs> helpful, and it was such a good experience. Thanks.
1: Yeah, well, I uh, try. I, I do teach, like, 17 and 18-year-olds, so sometimes I feel like that I over-teach, but, um, but yeah, I, I do practice what I preach, though, so... No, you it, absolutely it, do. It's something I feel like I have to do, so I try and teach the way that I know that that I have <laughs> succeeded or at least accomplished some things.
0: So, for those that uh, maybe even are writers but are not familiar, could you explain what you meant by plotting backwards?
1: Oh, so I have a diagram that I create on a piece of uh, like sketch paper. And usually it 's in a journal that I keep all my notes in for the one story i 'm working on and um and it 's a circle I, I do a I create a circle like a clock, and I believe part of this is your fault, Morgan, because you <laughs> was it you that you love circles you love them. I do yeah I and do. so so I actually at twelve o'clock on on the circle, I write the first chapter, kind of like a you know, a half sentence or a phrase of what happens at the beginning of the story. But what I do is, is then from there, I put another little line next to it that's like 1159, and I write what I want the ending to be. So from normal people, let's just be honest, normal people start with chapter one and outline to chapter whatever the end of the book is. <laughs> and I actually go from the end and I try to figure out how to make things happen so that the end makes sense. Now, it, it it's something that I think the reason that I do it is because the first book, that I ever wrote, I outlined from beginning to end. And there were things that I should have foreshadowed, or I should have at least given a glimmer of hope to the reader that, was, that was, it was going to happen at the end. And, um, and luckily through edits, I did figure some of that stuff out. But I found that by outlining backwards, that I could put those moments in ahead of time and really build them up to get the reader excited. And, and even in some cases, maybe mislead the reader a little bit if it was a mystery or, you know, I wanted to add a twist. And, um, and so that's why I do it. Um, sometimes it, I even go after I've outlined it once, I'll go back around again and just add a little bit more meat uh, so that, so that I've got some gaps filled. And and then when I'm writing, I'm not questioning what's going to happen because I already know. And again, that's that whole pantsing idea. A lot of people that start their books don't know what's going to happen at the end until they get there. Um, I'm one of those that I like to know the ending. I like to outline a whole series before I even start writing the first book. So um, So yeah, outlining backwards, it may sound crazy, but it is a great way to slip in uh, some some uh, Easter eggs. If you're familiar with, like we talked about, like Marvel movies, or mm-hmm. or even um, just any really good fandom, there are Easter eggs that that producers and story writers put in there. Whether it's visual or it's a line that they they speak in the movie. And it's a tease to the reader. And so, and I like to put that kind of stuff in the novel so that when they're reading book one, they don't even realize that, that something might happen in book four that's spoken in book one. Um, and then later when they're done, they're like, oh, that's what she meant when that mm-hmm. happened. And, and it's kind of those aha moments.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. It's well, so I think we all do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it
0: just, it, it enriches the experience and mm-hmm. gives it depth. It's so interesting. Uh, my husband actually is, he's writing a screenplay, but he was given um, a little notebook and it's called the story clock notebook. And yeah, it yeah. Is that, it's that circle that you talked mm-hmm. about and it's having the, the 12 o'clock and the three o'clock, you know, around, around, around the circle that yeah. places the story at the different plot points and how how to bring the story back around. And um, I think we missed the boat on that one. We totally could have mm-hmm. created that. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> who knew? We were doing it doing it right all along. <laughs>
1: yeah, I love it.
0: <laughs> I know we all have, uh, we mentioned dry spells. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have times in life where, you know, ideally we... We have creative time, we have our writing time, we have um, you know, s- scheduled it out so that we can um, have our blocks of time. But mm-hmm. s- sometimes life happens and sometimes um, there are family needs, there are health issues, there are you know, things that we all experience from time to time that get in the way of our, our creative times. Right, How do you deal with that when there are things that that pop up that are unexpected and mm-hmm. that because we care about people mm-hmm. or our life and our families and whatever it might be that those come first. but mm-hmm. how do you still factor in um, your creativity because that's a part of who you are?
1: Right. Um, well, I will say that in the past, I've had seasons where, I couldn't spend as much time, but I didn't stop writing because of deadlines and commitments to people outside of myself. And in those times when there's a contract involved, and um, and you've signed said contract, mm-hmm. honestly, in those times, I've just gotten it done. Like whether it's staying up until three o'clock in the morning to get the chapter finished, or or whether it's taking you know a chunk of two or three days where you just say husband, I love you. Please, I need this time to get this finished. And, and you do it, like you just get it done. And mm-hmm. um, and I know you've experienced those times too, where you just, you have to get it done, whether it's the last minute or whether it's just, you know, something's coming up soon. So you have to get it done because you know, you're not going to get it done um, if you don't do it now. And so those times um, I've, I've felt rushed. I've felt uh, really inadequate, like I'm not putting my best into this. And every time I feel like I've gone through that, it's never failed that um, that it, everything's turned out okay. You know, whether I got a whole bunch of edits pack or just a handful, like I got through it and it was good and everything worked out okay. Um, but I will say, and sometimes, which my I've been in a recent season, we've had two family members diagnosed with cancer and um, and there's some care that's that's being put forth towards, um, one of them in particular. And so it is monopolizing our families, not only time, but emotional, uh, just mm-hmm. output. And so for me, I had to give myself permission to take a good solid six months off and just say, it's okay. Um, you don't have to write every day. You don't have mm-hmm. to write a story or finish a book. Um, but you can this afternoon, uh, paint or journal I will say that journaling is a big part of, of my creative process. And so I I do tend to pour into that. Um, It maybe not daily, but at least four out of seven days a week. Um, And I I will say that when it comes to creativity in, in a visual format, I have, like I said, I've got two chalkboards in my house and I'm always putting up cute phrases or um, drawing funny pictures on them just to entertain my family and um and and it, it, we haven't I haven't even mentioned this but i love to cook and that's some place that i feel like i can be creative and um so i'm creative in the kitchen we dance a lot in the kitchen and so so there are places but right now um i feel like that instead of being stagnant which i'm i'm not you know by not writing it, it doesn't mean you have to be stagnant creatively but I am putting my creativity into managing my family's uh, schedule so that we can make make it to chemo appointments, but also uh, make it to football practice or, you know, so I'm creatively working out everyone's schedule every day. Um, And so it's just one of those things where I think that it's being used in other ways. Um, There are still days every now and then I'm like, I wish I could just binge watch Netflix um and 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 be stagnant, but whether it's writing a story, I, sometimes it's just writing a note, you know, to to a family member, or or um, writing a thank you note to a family that brought over a meal. So so I am still using it. I'm just using it in a way that I I haven't um, before, and um, and I'm it, I will say that still using it, like mm-hmm. not burying myself in a room and being sad all day. Um, but, but actually being in the world and and communicating with other people, even if it means communicating that I don't feel great or that I'm having a crummy day, those things make me excited to write when this season is over. And, um, and I think if I had, or anyone in my situation had, uh, had turned inward instead of leaning outward to other people, um, I probably would feel like, well, I'm just done writing altogether, you know, like that, that that creativity spark has, um, has been extinguished. And, and so I just shouldn't do it anymore. And, and I I think that's sad when, uh, when people go through that, because a lot of times it's not that that, that, that spark is gone. It's that it's been extinguished because, uh, you're not in the light to, for it to shine brighter. Like, it's just one of those, like, Um, you're just depriving it of oxygen because you, you've internalized things so much. And again, I can't speak in about everybody's life because sometimes it is so hard. You just, there's, you don't want to get out of bed. Um, but I do have a very loving family and we are all constantly spurring each other on and encouraging each other. Um, so again, not all of us are having a good day on the same day but there's someone to kind of piggyback on that is having a good day. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and so, mm-hmm. um, so I think having the, that support system is important too. Um, and, you know, I, I say it all the time to my kids too, when they have a bad day, like don't let someone else steal your joy. Don't let a circumstance, you know, change the path that you know you're supposed to walk. Um, but instead like lean on someone, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to, um, to, to kind of rely on somebody else's hope and joy in the moment and and be excited for them and then you'll have that time again it's coming but um but don't lean back don't fall back into yourself and i um, mean and because it's just really you pushing other people away as much as as you being a recluse or, or keeping to yourself and not relying on other people and um and i think it's hard i think it's just when we don't feel good or when we're having a hard time it's it's difficult to ask for help because we think we should be able to do it on our own and um and it's that's not what life's about so sorry i just went on a huge long tangent about life but um no, but it's I, good I, just it give yourself permission permission give yourself permission to take a break that's what i meant to say
0: <laughs> well and i think that it's so important what you were saying um and especially Like you said, if you don't have the same time that you had to pour Mm -hmm. yourself into a specific creative endeavor, Mm -hmm. find something else. Maybe it's something small. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's like you said, just writing a note or if you love cooking or even just dancing around the kitchen, put on the Mm -hmm. music, something else that could be short, but enough that brings you life and refills Mm -hmm. you back up because Mm for me, and I think for for maybe most people or creative people. And and really, I think we all have creativity inside of us that mm-hmm. when you're able to exercise it in whatever small amount that it does, mm-hmm. it fills you up and it, it yeah. can bring you the, even just that moment of, of peace or allow you to breathe or to mm-hmm. get out from under the heaviness of whatever situation you might be in. right. Um, you know, I know for myself, uh, you know, we've gone through uh, some dark times the last couple of years, um, mm-hmm. having lost my mother-in-law to cancer a year ago. And sometimes the only thing that could help me get through being able to move on or to breathe was to find a, a moment to do something creative, whether I felt like it or not, once okay. I... Uh, opened that door up and allowed it to flow. I could feel, physically feel, the release in my body. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. It's okay. It's going to mm-hmm. be okay. One day at a time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're going to get through
1: it. Yeah.
0: Like you so said, true. it can be where we turn away. You know, we try mm-hmm. to push people away or we close ourselves off. But, mm-hmm. but I think I think creativity can be a very important, useful tool. For healing or whatever mm-hmm. it might be, so no, yeah. I think that's important.
1: It is, and I will say too, as a writer, if you can't write it down, talk it out. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. me talking about Andal Ambrose with you on the phone. It, you know, like it's kind of one of those things that it gets me excited about. Keep mm-hmm. cr- it chronicles again, and I feel like that sometimes that there are moments where, like my daughter and I, will talk about things we're writing, uh, kind of like you and yours, and. And just even even the idea of writing it later gets me excited. Um, Yes. So so sometimes it 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 goes back to just that having someone in your life that you can talk it out with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think creativity spurs creativity. It's like iron sharpened irons. I mean, it's just find if you can find. Anyone, even if it's not in the same field that you're in or, Uh um, you know, maybe you don't have a writer friend or an artist friend or somebody right there near you. There are communities online where that's what they do. They're there to inspire each other and to Mm -hmm. help um, come alongside and encourage each other. And I I think that's important.
1: Mm -hmm. Very, very important.
0: To segue out of that, since you brought up the Cupid Chronicles. Oh, uh Can you share? Uh, tell us about your your series. You have three different book series, mm-hmm. correct? I um, do. Tell us about that. Uh, just maybe a brief brief little overview of what like what style, what kind
1: of things you write, your genre. Sure. Uh, so I started out writing an adventure young adult novel, and um, and there's a little bit of fantasy involved. But um, it's a two-book series. It's uh, it's. I always joke with people. It was my first book and second book I ever wrote, and I had no idea what I was doing. You can probably tell when you're reading it. But um, it was it's super fun. It it's kind of like Goonies meets uh, Indiana Jones, except instead of a male main character, it's a female. And um, and so my uh, second series is called Cupid Chronicles, and I've only written the first book and a novella, but I have two more books uh, on the brain, and uh, it is about cupids, uh, but instead of being little fat babies flying around, they are angel warriors that fight for love, Um, and uh, essentially when they shoot a couple with an arrow, because they don't shoot just one person, they actually shoot the two people through the heart at the same time, Uh, they actually tie themselves um, to that couple for their life, uh, for the length of their life, to help fight for the love that they have for each other. Um, so that series is actually, while we talk about Andal Lambros and how amazing he is, it's about uh, a girl who um, died at a very young age, um, 19, And she's kind of ticked off about that because she was hit by a trolley car in New Orleans pushing her boyfriend out of the way, and now she has to give other people love when all she wants is love and her boyfriend back. So, Andal is actually training her to be a Cupid, and uh, in the process of training her, they find out that she's a little bit different than other cupids. So, uh, you'll have to wait to find out why she's different because I haven't finished that series, and nobody knows except me. <laughs> but um but yeah so the third series uh, it's not exactly my series as much as um, kind of a cooperative uh, group of authors that write their characters in a, like a town in Colorado called Havenwood Falls and um, and it, there's a collaborative of a ton of of authors that that write in that that world and it's paranormal. And actually write a family um, of wolf shifters. And so uh, in that series, I've written, oh gosh, a YA, a historical romance, and a new adult novella. And so that's um, I've written for that. I also have a book, like I mentioned earlier, that is kind of a steampunk fantasy novel that no one, well, I say, I say this. I've had two people read it. Um, But it is not ready yet to be out there. And so I'm I'm not ready to put it out there. But it's something that is super fun. And, uh, and it was a nice break between a couple of different novels that I wrote that I just creatively needed something outside of paranormal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I wrote this book. And, um, and it kind of cleansed the palate before I worked on another project. Um, And sometimes as writers, and even artists, we need that, like, um, if we get into a rut or feel like we're in routine, it doesn't feel creative anymore. It feels like work, and so um, so for me, sometimes I like to instead of writing a whole series all together, I like to alternate worlds or um, or genres to kind of help spark some creativity uh, so that things don't feel dull.
0: Y'all need to read her books. They are so fun <laughs> and great. <laughs> I love them all. Um, I also write in that Havenwood Falls, and it's so fun to be able to write our own characters and have their own story, but we get to kind of cross into other people's stories a little bit. Oh, yeah. Whereas I can use one of Callie's characters in one of my stories, and they can have a conversation, and we we kind of think of it as like Gilmore Girls meets Supernatural, Yes. Um, to wrap up our time here, cause I, I don't want to take you away from your family too much longer. Sure. How would you encourage others who are in their creative journeys, aside from all the other words of wisdom that you have <laughs> shared already? Is there is there maybe one nugget, one piece of advice that
1: you would offer? Um, I, I think that uh, as a teacher at uh, my the first thing that popped in my head was do your homework. And, um, and I don't, I don't necessarily mean that in a negative way. Like, no, you know, like you've got to practice, practice, practice and do your homework. But what I mean is, is that when you go through this process, if you, um, choose to make it a business and it not just be a creative hobby, really do your homework as far as what that's going to look like, uh, look at other creatives and their lives, whether that's on Instagram or whether it's on their YouTube channel, um, or whether it's following a blog and, and ask yourself, do, do that homework and then ask yourself, is that the kind of life that I want to live? Like, do I want to be all in like that? Or do I want this to be something that is, uh, is more like a hobby and, um, and it's something that I just use as a creative outlet versus uh, a career. Um, I feel like that a lot of authors jump in, and it's super exciting. And um, and they have expectations that maybe are not based on every author's experience. Uh, I think that as um, as a writer, and um, and even an artist, and even a teacher. Uh, there are times where there really is research that needs to be done. And we kind of have to take not just a look at all the people we love and what they're doing, but also some of the people that are struggling or doing things that we don't like to kind of really gauge and get a better idea of what that life looks like so that when things are hard, we're ready for it. But then when things are great, we're excited about it. Um, And really really, in that homework, find other people that kind of are on that same path with you and, and find some people that you can trust and walk alongside with them, like be encouragers to each other. Um, when you find out something or figure something out, share it and, and be around people that are going to share things they figure out with you. Uh, because being creative is, if I feel like it's so misunderstood, Um, because a lot of people feel like it's something that's a lonely thing, but it really isn't. Um, it's something that I feel like to truly be creative in a way that, um, that sparks something in someone else, because let's be honest, like you can be creative and keep everything to yourself, but if you want to spark something into someone else, um, you do have to open yourself up to other people. You do have to do research and figure things out alongside other people, um, and i had that with morgan and um and that other friend we were talking about earlier and some of the conversations we had really prepared all of us i think for some of the things we experienced later down the road whether that was writing for havenwood falls or whether that was self publishing or whether it was even, you know, supporting each other during seasons when we had to take a break uh, from from that creative life for a while. And um, and I really feel like that that's just a huge thing that um, nobody says a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> or nobody encourages people to do a lot of. And, um, and it's kind of sad because uh, whether it's you're afraid someone's going to steal your idea or whether it's, is something that y- you feel like oh, I can do it. You know, I'm going to take over the world. Uh, it's easy to fall into to really murky places. That, um, that really having a friend through can can help you foresee that happening so you can avoid it altogether.
0: Awesome, thank you. And You're Kelly, welcome. where where can they find you? Where where do
1: you like to hang out on social media if
0: if they want to learn more about your books or your journey? I,
1: Yeah, I will say, um, Instagram's probably my social media of choice. Uh, and people can find me at Callie Ross. And I also have more of a journaling and art, uh, as far as watercolors and stuff, uh, Instagram called Callie creates, but, um, but all my books and, uh, information about that are at Callie Or you can, look me up on Amazon. Everything's there too.
0: Awesome. We'll make sure and uh, link you in the show notes, but thank you so much for taking your time and sharing your experience with us.
1: It was fantastic.